We're in a series called Keep in Step, and uh, this is all about, you know, if we live by the Spirit, we need to keep in step with the Spirit. And I have been talking about uh, the importance of the Bible. Now, we just finished a long series that we, I said was a foundational series where we really were talking about knowing the story from beginning to end and how important that is to know how it all ties together and not to look at the Bible as a bunch of individual books, but that it's one big story and that it, it has this amazing movement that runs through it. And coming out of that, then, I've encouraged you in this series, my encouragement is to read through the Bible for yourselves. And that uh, a lot of believers have never read the Bible. They've read parts of it. They might read it all the time, but they've never actually read through it. And one of the reasons I said that happens is that we have a very real enemy who doesn't want you to read through it. And so there's a little bit of sort of pushback that happens uh, in this area. But my encouragement is that, that you need to read through it. And so what I've encouraged you to do is to start in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and read 15 minutes a day. And do that six days a week. And because it takes about 80 hours to read through the Bible, in the course of a year, you'll have read the whole thing. That's my plan for that. So Matthew 1, one, read 15 minutes, put a bookmark in there, and then pick it up the next day and read it again. If you miss a day, don't think, oh, now I've got to double up and do 30 minutes. Just, you'll catch up to it, okay? And so 15 minutes a day, read from Matthew and read all the way through until you finish the book of Revelation. And once you're done with that, then you move into the Old Testament, start in Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, start working your way through, and don't stop until you get to Malachi and the end of it. And so... Um, There are so many things in the Bible that you will never encounter unless you read it for yourself because there's not enough Sundays or enough podcasts out there to get through all of it in this way. So you have to read it for yourself. And I encourage you, it's life changing. There's so many neat things. And then we we set the bigger story for you so that you can see how it all fits now. And I think it's really going to help you as you read that. You know, once you get the bigger story, you start reading scripture. It will come alive in ways that it hasn't before. And how you fit into his story will become more apparent. And how the scripture then can uh, really come alive in your life. You begin to live it out. We started this series by looking at uh, in uh, Deuteronomy just before the children of Israel went into the promised land. They were given that those words, Deuteronomy. Uh, and Moses said, listen, you've got to remember these. You've got to think about them in the morning and at night. You've got to teach them to your children. And they need to impact your life. You need to live these out in the world around you. Because that's how people are going to know who God really is. As, and, and Deuteronomy was really all about how to be human beings. Because nobody knew. And God was telling them in that concept. Then we saw how they quit doing it and the mess that happened from that and how they kept revisiting it during history. But uh, but now it's on us and we need to be the people who are reading the word and allowing it to change us and living it out in the world around us. So we're really called to do those things. And then what we're going to do now for the rest of this series is we're going to we're going to move into the book of Galatians together. My hope is that you'll see now how the book sort of fits into the bigger story and how Paul uses all parts of the story when he when he's writing and that that makes a difference in how you read it. And then we'll see how to apply it to our lives, little little bits at a time um, and, and how to live it out in the world around us. So that's kind of my hope as we plug in together now and as we spend the rest of this series looking at Galatians. Galatians, probably the first letter written, first First writing of the New Testament. So it's a good place for us to start. It's the oldest one. There you go. All right. So all of that is said. So let's do a couple of bad jokes or silly thoughts. Uh, Imagine, if you will, an atheist stuck at a green light behind a car 
with a bumper sticker that says, Honk if you love Jesus. This group, I don't have to explain that to this group, right? Because you guys all got that. What does a clock do when it is hungry? It goes back four seconds. That's really good, but if you don't like it, I understand. I understand. Now, this is my new favorite. What do you call a hen looking at lettuce? Chicken Caesar salad. Come on, that's a great one. Wow. It's awesome. Chicken Caesar salad. Yeah. We have Sorry, a, Alice keeps saying, tell me, where did that joke come from? We have a, a friend who watches us online from England. He's really connected with us. He visited here once in 2013. And then um, over the events of everything in the last year, he's reconnected. He watches everything that we do. His church isn't able to meet. And it's fascinating to see how the online stuff connects us all around the world. And he, he sent me that joke. He sent me some other ones, too, that I'll share over time. But uh, that was my immediate favorite. Very good. Yes. Yeah. Very, very good. All right, Alice, my love, would you please pray for us and lead us in the reading of the Word? Welcome, everybody. Good to see you. I have family visiting, so that's kind of exciting today. No, not Sarah, but other family, yes. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. If you don't have your pumpkin pie yet, on the way out we have extras from our giveaway, so please help yourself to pumpkin pie if if you're in favor of that. But before we read the word together, let's press into Papa, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just ask that your kingdom would break through in our lives today. Father, I pray that as we dive deeper to keep in step with you, Lord, we would just remember that you're always with us, that you never leave us, Father, that you can answer every question we have and give us peace in the midst of every circumstance. So, Lord, I I pray today that as we worship you and love you, Father, you would come and that you would be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand, please, for the reading of the word? The the text today is out of the book of Galatians, chapter 1, 1 through 10. And this is the Apostle Paul. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Blessed be the word. You may be seated.
All right. So we sort of uh, we're going to jump in here to Galatians. And one of the things that you may want to do is you read through a letter or book in the Bible. Um, it's, it's kind of a neat little trick is that you read the beginning and then hop into the end and you'll sort of get an idea of what's going to take place in the middle. I'm not saying don't read the middle. I'm just saying it, it will sort of maybe give you a heads up. This is true with pretty much any book that you read. Um, you know, if you start a book and all of a sudden you, you start to get anxious and oh, don't read the ending, you'll ruin it. But I like to read the ending so I can relax. And uh, or if it ends badly, I can quit wasting my time and get rid of the whole book. So. Uh, but it works that way in the Bible, too. I've often told you this. If you read the first two chapters of Genesis and the last two chapters of Revelation, you'll see how amazingly it ties together. But if that's all you read, you would miss, like, the whole story, right? Um, Galatians is like that. So Paul sort of tells us there's an issue going on. We can see because he gets kind of launches right in and he's, he's definitely saying, hey, there's a problem. And then um, to find out what the problem is, we can just jump to the end. And so I want to do that with you. We're going to read the last few verses in Galatians, and then we'll see what the issue is. Uh, Verse 11, see what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor any uh, uncircumcision means anything. What counts is new creation. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, amen. So, by reading the end, now we sort of have an idea what's happening, and I'll share with you what's going on at this moment in time. So, uh, people are responding to the good news of Jesus, and this has been happening now for a while, and most of the original responders um, are Jewish in background. That's how the church began. And so Jewish believers have come to know Jesus as Messiah. But now Paul has begun his missionary journeys and he's reaching outside of just that regular area. And Gentiles are coming to know Jesus as well. This is part of the story. And we'll look at it in a couple of weeks when we start talking about Abraham. But it was a promise that God made to Abraham that this is going to happen and it's starting to happen. And, uh, and so Gentiles are coming to know Jesus. Well... Missionaries from the church, uh, is, is sort of how they're referred to, are coming to these areas now where Paul has been having success. And they're, they're basically saying that Paul hasn't been giving them the whole story. That it's not enough to know Jesus, you also have to be circumcised. That you also, what they're saying is you also have to follow the entire law. That's what they're trying to put them under. And Paul gets furious by that because the law hadn't worked for them. All right. And, and they're trying to put these new converts under it. And it's causing an issue, too, because um, they're coming and telling these Gentiles, oh, now you're going to have to be circumcised. And that's a pretty big situation that's taking place. And so it's causing ripples. And, and Paul is going to stand against this um, throughout his ministry because it continues to happen. Um, and what he's going to do is he's going to sort of 
bring in the whole story again in these chapters of Galatians. And you're going to see him sort of, um, he'll, he'll weave in kind of what happened in the fall. And he's going to weave in Abraham. Uh, and he's going to weave in the Exodus and uh, in the chapters to come. And he's going to talk about the importance of family and who the covenant people of God are. Uh, and he's going to talk about inheritance. He's going to talk about identity. All these things are going to come into this story because he's, he's trying to help the church really move into who the church is called to be and into some sort of unity in, in this whole situation. So that's what Paul is moving them towards. But that's the issue. Some people have come and they're saying that's not enough to know Jesus. You also have to do all these things. So Paul really begins to tell us something here. And, and really what he's saying is... That since Jesus has come, it's a whole new world. Everything is different now that Jesus has arrived on the scene. And, and if you've been here before and you've heard me talk about the story, you, you know what, why we're at this point. You know what happened. Remember, God created everything good and his heart was to fellowship with us there in the beginning. And he made a cosmic t- temple in Eden. And really the plan was he was going to fellowship with us, partner with us. We were going to go and make the rest of the planet like Eden. That was the whole deal. That's how it was going to work. It was going to be amazing. And yet he says, you know, but God only wants people to fellowship with, uh, to fellowship with who want to fellowship with him. He doesn't want to force it on anybody. He, he loves people, but he only wants people, you know, to hang out with who really want to hang out with him. So there's this option that people often question, but he says, listen, stay away from this tree, this one tree. Don't go there. We have a plan. We have a partnership. If you go to that tree, you're going to introduce into the world a power that isn't in the world right now. And you do not want to do that. And yet, as people will do, and as we've continued to do, we go our own way, we do our own thing, we think we can do it without God, and we move in that direction, and that's what Adam and Eve did, and they, they ate from the tree they were told not to eat from, and a new power enters the world, that's the power of death. It wasn't in the world before. Uh, it's the enemy's sort of territory, and so in comes sin and death, and everything changes at that moment. And then you can kind of quickly move through, and you, 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 know, you read about the fall in Genesis 3, you read about the first murder in Genesis 4, and then we start seeing these strange demonic beings who are uh, populating the earth with, with people, and this weird stuff happens, so there's a big flood to kind of deal with that, and then it kind of happens again, and then it, it works its way into uh, the Tower of Babel in, in uh, Genesis 11, and we, it's a huge mess, and God comes and deals with that. But when you move into Genesis 12, finally, here comes Abraham, and there's all these promises, and it sort of starts God's rescue plan. And so he's going to be reminding the people of God all about this as he tell these stories. And, and from that point, you know, what's, what's happened with us and all the mess that's happened, there comes a point where Jesus comes on the scene. Because we, we can't get it right. God comes to make it right for us. Now, sometimes people think, and, and there's this bad thought that goes around, that God is this big meanie, and the only way he could be satisfied was by killing his son. And it's so far from what happens. God isn't a big meanie. God loves us and just wants to fellowship with us. And so because we can't do it, he comes and does it for us. Fully God, fully man arrives on the scene. Jesus comes. Jesus lives a perfect, sinless life. The way we were intended to live, the, the kind of life that we are. Jesus models it for us. And then... At the perfect point in history, what Jesus does is he takes on all of the mess, all of the hurt, all of the consequences, all of the guilt, all of the shame, everything that happened at the fall. He takes it all on from times past to, to times to come. He takes it all on in that one point there on the cross. He takes every bit of it on and then he dies with it and he takes it down with him. 
And, and I keep doing this so you can see that, because you need to know what happened, all that mess, hurt, guilt, shame, everything you've ever done. Jesus puts it down, and there it stays. And then to demonstrate who he is and that he has power over death, he defeats death and rises again. And when he does that, everything is different. Everything is different. And the early church writers are just starting to put it all together in the story that this was something that that was going to happen, but they hadn't seen it because it was kind of veiled because the enemy didn't know it was coming either. And the enemy knew the scripture, but he didn't know it because he thought that was his big moment, right? When the enemy saw Jesus die, he was like, whoop, we win this. And then when Jesus defeated death, he was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I don't know if he actually did, "Uh uh-oh, but... Because he's defeated. Now, not departed. He's, he's defeated. But he's knowing that he's defeated, though, he's still trying to make mess. And he saw this thing happen and what Jesus did. And the, all of a sudden, the church was coming up. And, and he's like, oh, we got to stop that from happening. Because if the church ever really got united, what a difference it could make in the world. It would mess us up. So we're going to do everything we can to keep them from ever being able to get into real unity, which is what's supposed to happen. And he starts right away. And you see how Paul is defending, trying to get things united. And there's all these things that come up. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Disunity everywhere. It's the enemy's plan. It's still happening today. See, when the church, when the church unites, amazing things happen. I, I was I used this experience earlier, this thought, um, right after a disaster happens somewhere in the world, like we saw it here, uh, do you know what happens is that the f- people of faith rise up, unite, move into those areas, and they accomplish amazing things. The stats are like 90% of all the stuff that happens in one of those recovery times are happening because of the church. Because at that moment, all the little things that divide us go away, and it's just about what unites us, and these amazing moves happen, and things happen that shouldn't happen. It's, it's crazy. See, that's the kind of stuff that happens when the church unites. And that's why the enemy fights against it, because he's trying to keep that from taking place. So, so you already see this disunity going on. And Paul's trying to tell everybody, no, 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 since Jesus has come, because when he defeated death and rose again, everything was different than it had ever been before. And that's what they start writing about. He was the firstborn. He's the, the picture of new creation. He sees it. He starts in motion. What's going to happen to the entire planet when he comes back and everything is renewed and restored? And we're going to be with him. And we're getting new physical bodies. I love that, I, that thought. You know, you know, we're, we're, we're living in this tension, right? See, he gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. So what he's done, he's saying, okay, so we're rescued somehow. Because of what Jesus has done, he takes us as believers with him through the cross into the resurrection. And we have already begun our eternal journey now. We're, we're citizens of heaven living in the moment. We're, we're citizens of the age to come living in the temporary moment. But everything is different. We are not the same as we once were. Our eternal lives have already begun in Christ. And so we look at the world differently and we can take things on differently. And we're part of this much bigger story. And it's the most amazing thing, you know, to, to engage in this life realizing that you're with him forever. And that he's taken all that mess and dealt with it. You get that the enemy is still trying to stir things up, that we have a very real enemy, but, but he's been dealt with. And, you know, there's some hard stuff that we endure because he's defeated but not departed. But we're citizens of heaven. We're people of the age to come. And, and our eternal life has begun. And there'll, there'll be a time, you know, of transition that we're going to experience. And, you know, and if, unless Jesus comes back very soon, which I hope he does, and, and we get caught up, you know, 
all that sort of happens. But if not, there'll be some transition. You'll, you'll get some heaven time, uh, which I think is going to be really awesome. Uh, and uh, I always have this thought when I think about heaven that, you know, when you... When you transition, when you, because when this body wears out, you, my thought is you're going to end up around the throne room and there's going to be this party happening around the throne and it's going to be a lot louder than you expect and you're going to get swept up in it and you're going to just be staring at everything that's happening around the throne and these beings that you haven't seen before and, and you're going to get caught up because if you read Revelation, it's all kinds of stuff and it's loud and it's happening and you're going to be there trying to drink it all in and then you're going to see somebody you know and you're going to hey, so good to see oh yeah, let's woo and, and then you're going to see somebody else I, I can't talk right now because I get it, don't worry, we have eternity and, and this is going to be happening and this is your thing and then, then almost before you know it it's going to be Jesus like hey, let's go and, and heaven, new heaven comes down to earth and everything is restored and renewed. You get a brand new physical body and we go back to how it was supposed to be in the beginning and we're going to partner with God and fellowship with God and live on this planet brand new, no sin, perfect. You can't even begin to think what that's going to be like and that will be your eternity. That's what Revelation 21 says. And we have that hope. And because of that, everything is different. It's a whole new world. And Paul's trying to get people in the idea of, listen, you've got to look at things a little differently than you have. And we have this thing that happens to us. It happened in the Exodus, right? That the people were set free from slavery and bondage and moved into this new life of where they needed to trust God. And what they kept wanting to do was go back. Because there was something familiar about it and something they wanted to go back to. And that happens now. We've had our Exodus in Jesus, but there's something that wants to keep taking us back. And, and we need to be aware of it. And Paul's saying, listen, there is no other gospel. There's no other gospel that you need to be listening to. That's point number two. And this is a big deal. And he says, I'm astonished, verse 6. I'm, I'm shocked. That you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. And are turning to a different gospel. So I'm shocked. You've been set free. You've experienced the Holy Spirit. Everything has changed for you. Why would you want to go back to the way that it was that wasn't working? And he said, it's really no gospel at all. It's not good news at all, that whole other way of living. Evidently, some people are throwing you a confusion or trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one that was preached to you, let them be under God's curse. Paul wants to make sure that you hear this. So he says, as we've already said, so I now say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. If anybody comes and tries to add to or change what you've heard from us about how you get into relationship with Jesus, let him be under a curse. That's what Paul's saying. And he says it twice. He wants to make sure you get it. Now, I, you know, I would want to make sure I know what the gospel is because that's a pretty heavy consequence. And so I've told you this, that the gospel, the good news, it certainly includes the whole story and how it works out. But it's summarized so nicely in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, that this is the gospel message that people need to hear and to respond to. For what I received, he says, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Make sure you get that part. This plan was in place in the Old Testament. It's back there. The New Testament guys saw it after Jesus did what he did. They hadn't seen it before, but then they saw it and they began making those connections. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of veiled because the enemy didn't know it was there. Then he was buried. He, what did he, he took that stuff down with him, right? 
And then he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. There's third day events that happen throughout the Old Testament so that you would be prepared for them. There's so many of them, it's crazy. Someday we'll just do a thing on third day stuff. I, I think I read, I, there's like at least 40 of them, third day things that happen, pointing to this moment so that you wouldn't miss it. And then, and so that's, the, that's it, that's the gospel. Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. He was buried and He rose again according to Scripture. That's what people need to hear and respond to. That's the gospel. Our sin has separated us from God. There's no way back. We can't do it in our own strength because it's sin. It's a mess. It's a problem. So He comes. He takes care of it. He takes it on. He takes it down. He defeats it. All we have to do is believe on what He's done. Confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord. He's done all the stuff. And so that's the gospel. And then, just, I, I always like to include this part, but, you know, this is kind of post-summary. And then he appeared to seven, Peter, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me, as to one abnormally born. People will always ask me, what, why does Paul say he's abnormally born? He wasn't part of that original group. That, so he kind of came into it a little differently than everybody else. But what I want you to see was there were hundreds and hundreds of people who witnessed resurrected Jesus. If this is a historical fact. This isn't a myth or a wives' tale or something you can't know. There were hundreds and hundreds of witnesses. And as Paul was writing this, he's saying, listen, a lot of those folks are still alive. Go ask them. You don't just have to take it because I'm saying it. There are hundreds of witnesses to the resurrection. Check out with them. And so that's going on. So there is no other gospel. There's that gospel. Now, the issue that we have, and, and sort of what I want to get into here briefly, is what I will call cross plus. And that's, I say that because that's anything that we add to the cross, either on ourselves or on other people, that causes us issues. And almost all of us are impacted by this. If you, when we get honest, we'll see that we're cross-plussing ourselves and others. Paul says, look, I don't want to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. That's all I want to, that's what matters. That's what happened. It was what Jesus did. It's not about what we do. It's about what he did. Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Everything has changed. It's a whole new world because of the cross. That's what he's saying. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. That's what matters. Is that because I've given my life to Jesus, I've asked him to be my Lord and Savior, everything is different now. I'm included in his story. Holy Spirit has come and he's living in me. And everything is different. And it wasn't my performance. wasn't any of those things. It was about him and what he did for me. Sometimes I text a few of my friends as I'm kind of getting ready for a passage or a message and I'll, I'll text them an idea what I'm going to talk about and I brought this cross plus idea and one of my friends texted me back this and I copied it into my note. I think it's in the very nature of man to believe in cross plus of some variation or other. I guess we just can't accept or understand the fullness of his grace. We're taught from childhood that we must do or not do something to receive acceptance or reward. It's hard to change that thought process. But when you do start to live by that promise, it is heart-changing and comforting. I was like, wow. I texted back. I said, I couldn't have said it better. And then the next thing I did was copy it completely and put it in my notes so I could use it in my sermon. I'm like, I wish this would happen every week. <laughs> Ta-da! Look, it's not your performance. It's His grace. And, and I've got to get you to think about that as we continue to press on. Galatians 6, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. You have Holy Spirit in you now. You just need to live in this amazing grace 
that he's given us. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Remember what Paul says? I only want to boast in the cross. Don't You can't boast in anything else. Well, yeah, yeah, the, the, Jesus did this, but then I did this and this and this and this and this and this. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not how it works. You don't add to the cross. Now, why people tend to add to the cross? Is this, we, we sort of get caught in this place where um, it's easier just to have some rules than it is to press in and know and listen to and yield to the Holy Spirit. To, to take in the depth of what it means to follow Jesus. And that you're in relationship now with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. To take that all in and to realize that it's relationship and so that, that you have to press into it. You have to lean into it. You have to, you have to listen. It's going to be it's a whole new world. Everything is different now than the way that it was before you knew Jesus. And yet we kind of like things to be a little simpler. Well, that's, that's a lot of work. It's really not, but that's what it feels like. Remember, you have the enemy trying to keep you from doing it. That's right. Tries and makes it. Prayer feels difficult sometimes. Reading the Word feels difficult sometimes. This whole, because the enemy doesn't want you to do it. But that's where life is. And so you have to press in. But we look for shortcuts. We've done that throughout our history, as the story says. And, and so, well, why don't you just give me some rules that I can follow? That would be good. God, you could give me some rules. How many rules? I don't, like ten. Give me ten. And then, you know, I'll do my best, and the ones that I don't like, I'll figure a way out and around, and there we go. See, that's not the life that we're called to. We're called to press in. Holy Spirit now is the one who leads us and who guides us, and he, he, he lets us know what we're supposed to do and not supposed to do. And, and we do that by engaging in relationship. Now, sometimes when I talk about grace, I know what people think. Well, I'm just saying it's a license to sin. Absolutely not. When, when you get... In, when you know Jesus, when your Holy Spirit's dwelling in you, which all happens when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and say, He's in there now, and, you, and you, you just start walking with Him, I promise you, you are not looking for loopholes to do things that you shouldn't do. You're not. You won't. You, you, when you do things that you shouldn't do, which you will still do, we all do, you'll know that you shouldn't be doing it, and you'll, you'll seek to get it right with God again and to press more into your relationship. See, there's this, there's this thing that happens with those things where it draws you closer to God. The enemy would try and drive you from God. That's guilt. But there's this other thing that happens. It's how we grow. It's how we learn. We press in. We engage. We grow closer. And he changes us over time. And this is the process. But we have to hang on to grace. Because if you don't have grace for yourself, you end up being a mean person. Has anybody here ever met a mean person? <laughs> Please don't elbow or knock or look. I got to be careful when I do that. Yeah, no, I've never met one. <laughs> That's what makes you mean is that you've. I, I guarantee you're slipping into performance stuff instead of grace stuff. Because the grace stuff will keep you from. Because it's just amazed. Grace. That song is amazing. Grace is aptly titled because it's amazing. It's amazing that God loves me even the mess that I am. He, and I don't want to keep doing things that I shouldn't do. It's not my heart. I'm not looking for a, a license to go and do stuff. I just want to live for Him, and it, I find it in grace. And and if I don't get grace for me and for others, I'll get into this other place where I will not grow and I will not change. I'll be trying to do it in my own strength, and it won't work. So grace, grace, grace. So this week, here's what I want you to do. Think about. 
what you might be cross-plussing for yourself and for others. And ask God to help you not do those things. And just to live in his grace and to live pressed into him, engaging him, seeking after him more and more. Because that's where you're going to find life. Next week, get ready, Galatians chapter 2, we're going to be talking about who the covenant people of God, God are. And I, I think you're going to like that. And there's lots of neat stuff coming up in Galatians. So that's where we're heading, but that's good for today. Alice, my love, why don't you come? And we'll just have some prayer. Just ask Holy Spirit to come and meet us where we're at. And then uh, we'll dismiss. Father, we are grateful for this amazing grace, for all that you've done, for, for the way that you've included us in your story. You're amazing. And help us to live in constant awe of your amazing grace. And, and Holy Spirit, would you come now and just move among us. And I pray that you would just meet people where they're at that are here and you, you know the ones who are weary. Lord, would you just give them strength today? You, you know those who are anxious and worried. Would you give them peace? You know those who are struggling with sickness and would you bring healing into their lives today? I just come and encourage, settle our hearts in you. Alice? Amen. I just felt like there was someone, um, and you're struggling with carpal tunnel syndrome, and it's more in your left, your left wrist and thumb than it is in your right. And so if that's anyone here or watching online, I just want to pray for you right now, okay? So, Lord, we just ask right now that you would heal that in their joints and in their ligaments, Father, that you would put it all right, that the balm of Gilead would just flow through that carpal tunnel now and bring healing in Jesus' name. And Pastor Angie had a, a, a good word about, she saw someone and you're stuck in mud. You're just stuck there and you're trying frantically to get out. And the Lord Jesus is saying, just take my hand. And the whole point of the, the word was, just take my hand and stop struggling. Just look at me, take my hand, and I'll get you out. We just thank you for those now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so this whole story starts by knowing Jesus. That's, that's how you get into the story. Asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If you've never done it, do it today. He's done all of the hard stuff at the, uh, at the cross. Our part is just to believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, do it now. Best decision you'll ever make. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you're watching online, you do that, you do it here. Best way to let me know now is would you text the word HEART, H-E-A-R-T, to that number, 305-745-7513, just so I can celebrate with you. I like to know who's, uh, who's responding, and we'll send you a little something to kind of help you on your journey. So that's an amazing thing. Make sure you do that. Thank you, church, for your generosity, for your faithfulness, for your giving and your tithing and your offerings and all the things that you've been doing so that we can continue to reach out to the community around us and... and uh, Bless you, bless you, bless you for that. And let's uh, sing the doxology and we'll call it a day. Praise God from whom all blessings. Amen. 
May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Thanks for watching online. As you're leaving the facility, please go out these doors. If you want to touch anything, there's a few more pumpkin pies out there. If you want one, looks like a beautiful day. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind to one another out there in the parking lot. No cross-blessing out there. And uh, we'll see you soon. God bless you guys. Hi, everybody online. We just wanted to say a quick goodbye and uh, thank you for being a part. And we're so encouraged to see you all online. I see some people. And let me see who's there. There's a, a, a Sandy is there and Dixie and Natalie and Sharon and uh, Mira and Caddy and Judy. And there's others. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part. And we love you guys. Get ready for next week. Read Galatians 2. Uh, we're going to talk about the covenant people of God. And so we're excited about that. And we love having you, uh, even though you're not here, here, we know that you're here. And uh, that's good. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. God bless you. All right. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.